Welcome to the Top Gear magazine podcast, a peek behind the curtain of what it's really like to drive other people's cars for a living. These are the stories behind the stories. Hello, I'm Jack Ricks, Top Gear magazine's editor, and I'm joined in the studio by a full compliment. Uh, we've got Rowan Horncastle, Ollie Marriage, Ollie Q, and we're here to talk about the brand new issue of Top Gear magazine. This is issue, let me get my numbers right, 368, the February issue, which actually goes on sale 11th of January. We're always a month I don't ahead. understand how that I works. D- no. d- uh, yeah, it scrambles my brain as well. And the subject of this is the 2023 hot list. So it's something a bit new. We've never done this before, but essentially it's about pulling out the 23 cars that matter in 2023 and we'll get to that we're going to rattle through the list and um, tell you about some of the big feature treatments that we've done behind these cars and also just give our you know off the cuff opinions on on the exciting cars that are coming in the year ahead but first been up to much gentlemen well happy new year Oh, happy new year. <laughs> We're not recording this in 2023. No, but yeah, we've got there. Well done, everybody. Yeah, yeah, I hope yeah. the millennium bug hasn't finally Ooh, hit us. But yeah. Oh, my big belly from all that Christmas food. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what have we been up to? Um, it's just been madness. The end of the year was madness in itself. Um, I'm currently recording this in the future, so I'm currently at the Dakar Rally. Oh, it's, well It's done. really sandy yeah, there. It? Yeah. But uh, I've been driving the new Urus Performante. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's very yellow. It's been very snowy. Very and cold. carbon as well. Yeah, very carbony and very Audi ish, but never did, mind. Did, did you manage to get it into rally mode? Uh, yeah, I skipped through that one because I kept it in Corsa because uh, Corsa just, I've never heard um, a car change its attitude quite as much as that when you skip through the modes because in Strada it is, you know, just a normal. Audi SUV, yep. and then you go to course and you get bah from the uh, Krapovich. The exhausts are still quite naughty on that. Massively they? so, and it does feel a bit Lamborghini, but the ride is rather stiff. But anyway, you can go on to uh, topgear.com to read that review. So you've been driving an Audi SUV that's in Lamborghini fancy dress, and meanwhile, I've been getting to play in the last ever Audi supercar that's like a well, a discount Lamborghini Huracan, the R8 GT, with a kind of drift mode, rear-wheel drive, downforce, might be the best ever Audi. I think I actually had the better Christmas than you, Rowan. Hang on, hang on. Wasn't it Wasn't it wet and zero grip when you drove it? Oh, thank you for getting my racing driver excuses in straight away. <laughs> Terribly kind of you. Yeah, the track had been resurfaced. It was on track day tires. Mm. It was cold. It was wet. I had a bit of a sniffly nose so yeah. if but you want to see but it's got drift mode come on cute yeah, yeah it, it, does it, it, does it does it all for you yeah yeah it, <laughs> it does but it, amazingly i managed to plumb the depths of the algorithm and still managed to spin it so if you want to see um if you want to see someone you know sort of bit, try not to beat the horn while catching a slide then head over to the top gear youtube channel and um yeah there's a bit of a special guest on that one a little slice of top gear history oh Oh, I oh, say. You big tease. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mr. Marriage, what I, have you been up well, to? Well, I did something probably more exclusive than any of you, actually. I went to Molsheim and had dinner with Bugatti. Matt oh. sat next to Matteo Rimac for dinner, Very which nice. was fantastic. Was but this it was Christmas all... dinner. <laughs> oh, God, that would have been even better <laughs> yeah, yeah. a couple of weeks before. Imagine but... Bugatti's pigs in blankets. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. But I'd say the food was outstanding. It was like a it came and had levels like it was artistry. Oh, it wasn't. Was they, they didn't lift the and... silver. No, we had, but it had, it had like that. sort of 
dry ice crumbling over the sides of oh, it was amazing. It was incredible. Um, sounds the, like sounds like I, the BBC canteen. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was the ulterior dry motive, sandwich. Ollie? Were you getting the, the, the skinny on well, what Bugatti doing next? Yes, but it's all completely confidential. They literally oh. we had two NDAs to sign, one of which I can talk about, and the other which I cannot talk about. Right? What can you tell us? The one thing I can talk about. Um, is that they are doing, they're doing another version of the Chiron. This is the Profile, they're calling it, which is a super sport version, which has the big wing across the back, the two-metre-wide wing. They've done a reduced version, which is more sort of Grand Tour vibe. They're only building one of them, and it's being auctioned on the 1st of February for in... Yeah, so, so yeah, there's one person worldwide. There's going to be a lot of... For charity? Not entirely for charity. <laughs> right. For, for Bugatti. Right. Um, also for a nominated charity. They're, they're auctioning it in the Louvre, I believe. Ah. So it's all quite flashy. And hopefully no one will throw paint over it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Could be a Bugatti so has that, some, then, some future plans. So will we, will we um, without plans. spilling the beans, are we going to learn a bit more about that next year? Or I, this I think year? it's next year. As you listen to yeah, it. Yeah, it might yeah. even be next year. Right. That we learn more about it. But okay. there are plans. They sound quite, con- they found really convincing, actually, and quite yeah. excite- really exciting. Yeah. Um, but I better shut my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was lawyers at the door. There's someone on the phone. And I don't trust myself. Well, I've been uh, mostly building snowmen. Um, uh, I have two snow in s- South London. Two small children, and uh, yeah, we've had snow, snow in London. The great thing is, I spoke to Andy Franklin, who's out in where does he live? Near Peterborough, sort of Peterborough yeah, kind of area. Yeah. And I assume that if it snows in London, the rest of the UK is definitely coated in snow because London, you know, we're all sitting on top of each other. Traffic, it's warmer than everywhere else. No, we got you know a few inches of snow in London and uh, in the surrounding areas, he didn't get any. And he's furious because he's our art director. He's our creative. Oh. You know, he's he's the creative brain, the guy who brings you Top Gear's award-winning covers. So he was all ready to create, like you know, an award-winning ice sculpture. Yeah, and <laughs> you've been building the snowman in the back garden. He's yeah. furious in your dressing gown. Well, well you, you, yeah. you have been warned that the the March issue of Top Gear magazine, because as we said, we're always ahead of each other, will be covered in snow pictures in the garage section. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to marshal this, Ollie, when everyone submits it's it's my car covered in snow. Yeah, this is the problem. Everyone sends me their long term reports and there's a delay on it. So it's like, oh this month I've picked up the Christmas tree. And you know the problem is it's Easter now. So <laughs> I'm not sure the readers that interested that you can get a Nordman fur in the back of your Volkswagen polo. Looking ahead then um to 2023, it's gonna be a spectacular year. I mean we are pandemics in the back mirror now, um, you know, there's still problems going on with um, being able to build cars and meet demands. And, and they've got, a lot of manufacturers have got these huge sort of waiting lists to fulfill. But it really feels like the new models are coming on stream now. Perfect and, for a recession. Yes, <laughs> yeah, just in time for that recession. But um, what I thought I'd do is why don't we just rattle through them? So so the format of the, of the magazine is um, the entire feature run is 1 to 23, the 23 cars that matter in 2023. Some of them are just quite brief little takes what you need to know about that car with with some photography and in a few cases some renderings of what they might look like and then others we we pull out and we've done some really quite spectacular feature treatments on them so um the first one is the bmw i7 has anyone here driven the i7 sat in the back of it and experienced its cinema i went to a studio last yeah would have been last last year and yeah, to hide from the front of the BMW i7, I climbed in the back where it has the world's <laughs> biggest fold down screen 
that you can get in any car. So big that when it folds all the way down that your chauffeur can't see out of the back window. So there you go. That's BMW's limousine priorities. You know, seeing out the mirror, mirror signal manoeuvre, no. But, you know, in the background, you've got Netflix and chill. Yeah, just to give you a sense of scale for this, it's 31 inches but, the, but which is thirty-one inches is 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 big, but yeah. it's a very very. It's a bit of a letter line thing. It's a bit of a letterbox, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, your TikToks are going to look rubbish on it. But you can't <laughs> put anything portrait screen. But yeah, it just it's a, it's an example of of where the luxury car game's going now. It's no one cares about you've got a V8 or a V12. This thing's actually fully electric, the i7. You can have it as a full EV, but it's all about the tech and the luxe on board. So who better to investigate that than Mr. Jason Barlow? Yeah, so the the, the, the feature treatment here from Jason, so they, they launched the car actually out in America in Palm Springs, and Jason had this wonderful idea that if everyone's talking about the fact that it's got a built-in cinema, why not wait until the middle of the night drive it out into the middle of the desert and then watch a very scary film <laughs> from the back seat of the i7, which we just said... Make it happen. Rather you than, <laughs> than us, Jason, but make it happen. And and actually, the result is is really interesting because, um, first of all, the, the, the pictures from Greg Pajo are spectacular. You know, there's so much light coming out of that car. The, the grills lit up, the, the headlights and everything else. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a good thing, oh but... In terms of light painting in the in the in the pitch black in the desert, there's some some really lovely photography going on there, including some interesting facial expressions from from Barlow as he what, as he feigns. What did he watch? Fear. Ice Age two? Like what was on? What well, was, we wanted him showing? to watch No Country for Old Men. I wanted him to something that was sort of set in that environment. Yeah. But I think in the end, because the, there was something you had to be able to, you couldn't just stream from the desert, unsurprisingly. So they had to download films onto it. Oh, and God. I think something Bar was lost in translation. Yeah. I think it was Halloween or Halloween, something. Halloween, it was Halloween it? in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, he's, he claims that the law enforcement officer that escorted them out into the desert was called Michael Myers, which is the, the, the killer in said oh, film. I thought you meant Austin Powers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was too. <laughs> yeah, a little, little celeb cameo there in one of our features. But no, um, uh, have, have a read of that. And and uh, the cast sounds very good. You know, um, uh, BMW styling woes to one side, but let's not rake over that again. Just um, a quick one. TVs let's... in the back of cars. Good for kids. You've, you, two yeah, people yeah. on the table have children. I know when it was all, all I wanted in the nineties was to be able to have watch TV on the go. But does anyone who's over the age of eight watch TV in the back of cars or not? It's all iPads now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I think it's. But rubbish. even just watching stuff like, will, will people use this screen? You don't go to your car to watch them. Even on the move, I feel a bit sick. If yeah, you're moving. No, I agree. I, I mean, I when cars used to have the the screens embedded in the headrests that yeah. was i mean the option of all options wasn't yeah, it yeah. you know pure luxury um but these days yeah i've got a you know 150 quid refurbished ipad in a holder yeah. with <laughs> rubberized <actually>, rubberized <laughs> a load of um hairbands actually yeah, stuck yeah. together so it fits you stick it over the headrest and there we go it's a lot yeah. of money to go to to build in a screen just for pepper pick isn't it really <laughs> it's a bit of an investment <laughs> it is but it's look, time for another gadget or gimmick test mm. you know but they need something to get people's attention to get people to buy there's a reason for them to consider it over you know the s-class which is the sort of daddy of this mm. this area um, and all the massive luxury SUVs that you can choose from now. So it's about sort of winning people's, you know, sliver of their attention, isn't it? Rather than, yeah, yeah. as you say, actual practical use. Right, should we move on? Yeah, number two. Next. BM BMW M2. 
Are we excited? <laughs> there was a bit of silence there, wasn't it? <laughs> I think we're all well, a bit You said fearful, that we're not allowed we? to have a pop-up BMW design again, so I think all of us were <laughs> holding that. our breath. Thinking, yeah, yeah. What can we say that's nice about Actually, the way Actually, the car was a Botox front end. Yeah, no, no, it's... Uh, it, it, well, there were some leak shots. Do you remember those leak shots of the new M2 mm. online? And, and I remember going, that doesn't look good. Hopefully those are photoshopped or fake or there's something not. And then a couple of weeks later, they released the real car and it seems to have made the front and rear seems to be made out of Lego. Most disturbing yeah. thing about the M2, I've been on the configurator. Have you seen automatic gearbox, standard, manual gearbox, DIY with a clutch pedal? It's our 1700 quid option. Do you want a manual the- gearbox? You've got to pay extra. Like the world is now backwards. Reverse is forwards. What is going on? <laughs> What's the thinking behind that? It's obviously the, the they sell less of them than automatics. It's so hassle, yeah. It's now be. seen as yeah, a premium yeah. choice. Mm. Exactly. If you're if you're going to force us to put these old-fashioned steampunk Victorian gearboxes in the cars, you geeks, then you're going to pay for them. <laughs> but hey, it's the last ever manual M car. It's got 450 horsepower. And, you know, if you're judging by the M5 CS and the, you know, recent stuff that the M division has been up to, with the possible exception of the CSL, it could well, be exactly. a really yeah. good bit of kit. Yeah, it's, it's also it's the, it's more... Also- like the CS and less like the CSL. Yeah, yeah. it's also the final ever pure combustion M car, apparently. So every M car from now on will be uh, a hybrid or eventually electric. An XM. And it's pretty crazy, isn't it, that we're at 500 horsepower for the baby... Like short wheelbase car. Remember when M3s got to 500 horsepower? Like, God, this is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That was only two years ago, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's, but also, like you say, it's slightly aftermarket. It's got these jowls that are just square boxes bolted onto the front, which they say, oh, it's a homage to the E30 M3. I don't think so. It doesn't look like an E30 to me, but. No, you're, you're looking at some pictures of it on the internet. Close that window immediately. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned the CSL there. They've gone even further. With the M4 CSL, because number three on our list is the three-litre CSL homage, which they revealed. They obviously did that um, concept a fair few years ago, so five or six years ago yeah, now. Yeah, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Taking them a while to get it into production. It was a good-looking thing, and they've they've applied, you know, big wing. It's this homage to the, to the Batmobile. Um, what do we think? I don't <laughs> miss the target, I think. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, another bit of, hang on, this is not yeah. just the top 23 BMWs in no, 2023. No, no, no. There no, are no. other cars I'd, I'd like to say but... that we're doing it in alphabetical order, but we're not. We're just, we've just grouped the BMWs together yeah, at yeah, the top. Yeah. I don't like the bolted on wheel arches. I'm going to put it straight out there. I normally like a car with big shoulders on it. It gives it loads of stance, but these just look a little bit like an afterthought. I'm sorry, and it doesn't the, deserve the, and that like name. The rear wing was so well resolved on that homage concept, and now it doesn't look. Yeah. It just looks half-hearted. It looks too much still like a standard four M4. But it's the only way you're going to get a manual gearbox in something like a CSL, and they're charging, well, how many? How much well, you say seventeen hundred quid on the M2. Yeah. How much more for one of these over a? Actually, yeah. All of a sudden, the M2 manual CSL. is a bargain. There you go. There's your first <laughs> yeah. piece of 2023 money-saving expert advice. Yeah, and, you know, and obviously it's got the livery on it, which is, uh, you know, it's very cool. It's very iconic. But do you know what? I was just picturing myself pulling up in one of those. At Only a mate's in the house Nürburgring or, car park. Yeah, and you think, yeah, you're right. Nürburgring car park, you'll get a bit of love. Yeah, yeah. Anywhere else, they're going to think you absolute weapon. If it works, though, yeah, but that's the thing because it's just the stance of it isn't right compared to the concept. It's too high. The shoulders aren't big enough. It's not muscular enough. The two spoilers just look a bit bizarre. And like Ollie says, those cutouts it, it, it's just not as resolved yeah, yeah. it's too tall it looks like it's just been bolted it's like on. remember the mini it's the mini gp isn't it mm. Ooh, mm. how dare you speak its name <laughs> yeah well quite it's got the same it looks like they had the same arch treatment on that as they did on the on that mini i still want to have a go on one though 
just to be sure. Yeah, just, yeah, to, be yeah. Sure. just to be sure. Uh, moving on, new Ford Mustang, uh, number four. By the way, this isn't a list in terms of, you know, number 23 is our favourite or number one is our favourite. It's just no a sort of... No particular order. No particular order, yeah. So new Ford Mustang. We, Ro, we had a chance to have a quick look at it in LA. What do you think? Well, a V8, you know, a V8 like that nowadays doesn't seem, you know, seems like a bit of a gift that we get given that. But also there's the dark horse coming for the American market, which is more track orientated, yeah. which looks great. But yeah, long live the Mustang. It's such a staple for the American market and is cool. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, the first one when it came over to the UK and Europe was great. Let's see how this one has become more refined and more of a world car. Yeah, it's more of the same, really. They sharpened it up a bit, um, but the spec is largely the same, apart from this dark horse, which is... Just... Still the king of muscle car names, aren't yeah. they, the Americans? I mean, everything demon, hellcat, dark horse. and then we <laughs> Dark horse ours... isn't that as strong as a name, though, I don't think. Uh, oh, I, I think, think it's I... pretty cool. If you're the dark horse. Everyone yeah. loves a dark horse, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I think I'm with Ollie. It's not the best. It's, uh, you know, but we're comparing it to Americans' hot runner form with cooling cars. Mm. Excuse me, what's that Toyota that I can't, I can never remember which order to get the letters and numbers in? The the BR can do this, the BZ4X. Okay, that or a dark horse. Which is a good <laughs> oh, come on. Dark horse, yeah. but... Um, Would the owner of the dark horse please move <laughs> it out of the, I don't know, the disabled spaces where it's skidded yeah. into? Yeah, look, <laughs> it, it dark horse or Hellcat, what's cooler? Oh, Hellcat. Oh, Hellcat. Oh, Hellcat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right, man, my... Laptop's gone into snooze mode. Whiling <laughs> on for too long. <laughs> and now I've yeah. forgotten my roll specter. Is it? It is. Roll specter. What do we think? Five. <laughs> well, I'm really excited by this. I, I got am. told off the yeah. last podcast for talking too much about the specter. Uh, well, I, I did the walk around. I did the walk around film with it. I think um, it, the interesting thing is it's just the fact that it's electric isn't. Probably it's what you want the most luxury car, isn't it? It's what you want. Smoothness. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter if it's heavy. Yep. Loads of torque. Yep. Ease of whooshing along. Yeah. I just don't get the fact that it's got this massive bonnet on it. When you've not got a massive engine under it, it sort of seems a bit weird. Status. That's was, the reason. Yeah, yeah. It's time to change the design language almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's enormous, by the way. So, so I assumed it was a replacement for the Wraith, but actually they're claiming it's a replacement for the Phantom Coupe, which is kind of size up. Yeah. That may be. Oh, that's where they're going to price it then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Jack's, actually, Jack's actually six foot nine, but in the video, <laughs> it looks really short next to it. It's strange. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine that car being anything other than fantastic because they've been trying for, you know, decades to make the V12 shut up. And now they've. They've achieved it. They've got yeah. perfect silence and more talk and more power and everything else. Um, but also, I think they're going to sell every single one of them. Let's look how the Cullinan has sold, and we all know we have opinions on that. But we're all being forced into EVs. There's people in the world with lots and lots of money. They're not going to go and buy an MG4. When they're told to get into an EV, if their Rolls-Royce have an option, that's the one that they're going to buy. Uh, and here it is. But I think some of us are expecting a kind of bit of a technological leap for Rolls-Royce to come with the range, et cetera, et cetera. We, we just speak to them. They say, none of our owners actually drive very far. If they want this car to be in the south of France, they'll put it on a truck and then it will go down there. Exactly. Then they'll drive an EV mode. So it doesn't need to do 1,000 kilometers um, in EV, but all it needs to do is just swan around Knightsbridge silently. It's not going to be stuck behind a Nissan Leaf at like Junction 11 services, isn't it? Just wanting to get on the charging trip <laughs> while the owner's queuing at Burger King. It's not. It's, it's, it's going to be an EV. It will be for the magazine story, I guarantee. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it won't be an EV that knows range anxiety, that's for Sure. Are you saying that our feature ideas aren't always relevant? <laughs> well, I do quite want to drive one a long way down the south. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd love to do it. So the owners don't have to. 
Yeah, lovely. Okay, Lotus Amira. So we know the Amira. Uh, this is number six. Um, but of course, there's the the four cylinder version coming. The Lotus along. Amira AMG. There we go. Mm. Are we are we excited about this? Are we more excited about this than the V6? I am actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah properly. Because I th- I just think it's a it's a it's a slightly more. I know it's, it's, it hasn't got the lovely thing we want because it's not going to be a manual gearbox in this one. But I, I think it'll just be a better development of the car in a way will be with that 400 horsepower, slightly lighter weight. I think it's a lighter engine anyway. It must yeah, be. Yeah, it sure. is. Yeah. But this is where the tread shuffle department comes out because, you know, it's more track orientated. It's more Ollie marriage. I haven't driven it yet. None of us have. But I'm more inclined to go for the V6 manual Anyway, I've never been a fan of that AMG engine. I don't oh, find. See, it. I disagree. I think that's oh, such an like exciting it, yeah. engine. This is the engine. If you don't know, we're talking about the one that's in all the crazy AMG A-class hot hatches. So it's in the A45, and they turn it to about 420 horsepower from two liters. And even and now they've got even further with it in the new C63 by adding even more hybrid. But what Lotus have got is a simpler version of that engine plumbed into a, a mid-engine sports car with a Lotus tuned paddle shift gearbox. Could be so angry. Could be give that mm. car some real edge. But you're not. You're, you're unconvinced, right? I just don't find it particularly engaging. And even that V6 that then, you know, we thought was great, was was going to be great in the Amira, is a bit watered down. Even so, a manual gearbox in a sports car like that, I think I'd rather that than a paddle shift and, and a very, mm. very efficient and powerful AMG. Last of we'll petrol Lotus. Yeah. Final one. Right. I'm going to um, skip skip through a couple of quick ones because we've got um, uh, there's a car we want to talk about a bit more. So Maserati Project 24. This, by the way, is a track only version of the MC20, but it's a bit more than that. It's a bit it's a different bodywork, a lot of downforce. You know, built in limited numbers. You know the you know the formula should be should be quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Ionic 5N. So this is going to be a hot hatch version of the Ionic 5. I say hot hatch, it's massive, the Ionic 5, isn't it? It is. And it's yeah. going to be big and it's going to be heavy. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not going to be a 205 GTI. Um, no, it'll be, I reckon it'll be a t- plus, over two-ton hot hatch. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Which is nuts, isn't it? But look, I know I go for it, though. First ever proper electric They've actually said, hatch. yeah, proper sports handling and everything mm-hmm. else. And it'll probably use that Kia EV6 GT powertrain. Well, that's so got 577. Horsepower, yeah. yeah, it's... Oh, it's yeah, Here's you, me getting angry be, about you know I'm, yeah. M2s with 500 mm. horsepower. We're now getting to hot hatch territory. Electric hot it's hatch territory. Yeah. I'm not um, yeah. bonkers. We'll see where let, that one ends. Let, let's, on. let's bring it down, back down to earth a bit with the Ionic Six. So if you haven't seen this, it's the um, how should we describe it? The, the streamliner sister car to the Ionic Five. It's yeah, kind of same a, car underneath. Same car underneath. And Ollie, you got your hands on one in Korea. I did, yeah, because I had a little idea, because there's some really interesting stuff. There's, I mean, Korea is fascinating. But what we wanted to do is um, there's an island called Jeju, which is um, off the south coast of South Korea. But the it's, it's A, it's sort of like this holiday island. It's where Koreans go on holiday. Um, and it, ha- it has one of, the, one of the interesting facts about it is the flight from Seoul to Jeju is the world's busiest flight route. Up to 230 flights a day what? go down How there. How big's the island? 45 miles, like twice the size of the Isle of Wight. Just it's, one massive it's, runway. It's <laughs> unbelievable. So it's it like, lots of very small 15, planes. They should yeah, just yeah, get yeah, one yeah, big yeah, plane. Yeah. <laughs> 15 million people a year go down to visit it. But the other thing, the other interesting fact about Jeju is that it's being used as sort of a test bed clay or a test case for a lot of little interesting things. And one of the things they're wanting to do with it, they wanted to make the whole island carbon neutral by 2030. So they 
had subsidies for solar panels on your houses and they've put 120 um, wind turbines out in the seas around it. And they could have big incentives for buying electric down there. And um, yeah, so all these sort of little little nuggets fed into it. And there's, there's more car, more electric car chargers on the island than there are electric cars currently. Um, it's kind of how you need it to yeah, be. Exactly. So I thought, need, wow, yeah. this sounds perfect. Right, let's go and drive Hyundai's new Ionic 6 Streamliner. A, drive it a long way. So drive it from Seoul all the way down. Get on a ferry across to Jeju and um, go and find out what the island's like and what it's about and stuff. So we did the, did the story um, of driving down there. But the twist in the tale well, that I wanted to do with it is that Hyundai in Korea also do this. They do something called the Staria, which they're just starting to bring to Europe as a people carrier. But because they Hyundai just want to stick fingers into every pie they can, they've also turned it into a camper van. So they do a camper van, and I love a camper van. <laughs> a um, VW California yeah, owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there. I do, uh, yeah, so this this was like, oh, wow. And it turns out that the Ionic 6 is one of those electric cars that can support discharging as well as recharging. So you can use your car to power other things. In this case, I used it to power the camper van overnight so I could run all the electrics in the camper van from the car. So we did some wild camping on Jeju Island and stuff. So we had a, it was really it was a fascinating trip. But it's it's really interesting. So in South Korea, so the, we look at Korea and what we see is we see LG and Samsung and gadgets and all this amazing tech. But of course, they're having the same problem leveling up the country as as we are. You know, Seoul is this metropolis of 25 million people and it's like neon and there's Wi-Fi throughout the city and it's incredible. But you get further south out of the city and that sort of starts fading quite quickly. You're in more rural areas and Jeju, although they've really tried this this um to push it as this island that's gonna be the all the electricity, they're really struggling. You know, they they wanted to have, I think it was twenty-five percent of the electric cars sold on the of should of cars sold on the island should be electric by now and they're not anything like that in fact their electric market penetration in south korea is much less than we are in the uk per head of population so they are it's not all firing on all cylinders but one of the things about korea is they will then make a shift instantly to change that so one of the things i really liked is so jeju is this holiday island they so there's people go there for the beaches. And the other thing is Korea is quite mountainous. So they go there for the hiking. So the, the, one, the authorities on Jeju wanted to encourage other things on the island besides just the mountain hiking and the beaches. So they did a few years ago, they introduced incentives for people to set up museums. And the stipulations for setting up a museum were that you needed to have a collection of at least 100 objects. You needed to have it in an, in an um, in a building that had air conditioning and a burglar alarm. And that was about it. <laughs> so what happened is that then they had this amazing explosion of museums built up. And some of them are rational. So you've got like nice gardens to visit and art galleries and things. And some of them. They just went to town and people have just gone, well, I've got a collection of, uh, of of models in my house. I'll turn that into a museum. So you've got museums for seashells, museums for citrus fruit. You've got museums for, well, it's Hello Kitty Island. There's an automobile and piano museum. And uh, in my experience, only Horatio Pagani puts <laughs> automobiles and pianos together. So you get all these wacky, wacky stuff. So we went and did a tour of these 
ridiculous. I think there's one museums. that you're missing out. Yeah, there is. There I've is. seen photos of oh, I've seen yes. photos. Now, they yeah, may yeah. not have all made the cut. No, they certainly the final feature layout um, because there were some... <laughs> Should we call them phallic sculptures? I think that's exactly what a penis is. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Family podcast. A massive knob. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There is a sex and health museum, and it's. I went and have. A, I had a wander around the garden, thinking, well, it won't be that bad outside. And oh my god, it's the full Kama Sutra on display in a garden. But like all yeah. museums, one hell of a gift shop. Yes, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing what you can come back with. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. It's... So yeah, we went and did this story with the Ionic Six, which I, is actually a really good car. It's you can tell the progression from the Ionic Five in terms of the driving of it. In terms of the design of it, I don't think it's as good as the Ionic Five. I just think that streamliner concept. It got lost a bit somewhere. But you there. you had it in black in Korea, and it looks it so green, much better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it is just hard. But it's the back end, isn't it? It's the, the fact that they seem to have designed the, the rear of it twice. Um, yeah, whereas yeah. in black, as with lots of cars, it kind of hides, uh, hides some, some design sins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it it BMW trick. But the yeah. Staria is a cracking looking thing. That's yeah. I think I think I really hope that when that we'll get it in the UK, which that decision hasn't been made yet. But I think as a people carrier, it's a really cool it looking looks, thing. It's so cool. If you haven't seen it, Google it because the, what do you call it? Staria? Staria? Staria. 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 Yeah. We'll go with that. Um, looks like some sort of Is spaceship. Is it nine seats or seven seats? Oh, you get all sorts of options. The camper van's either four seat or nine seat. You can have it with up to 11 seats in the people carrier. Hello. But basically, yes, yeah, it's your very traditional MPV people carrier shape, but then in a super futuristic face grafted yeah. on the front. Exactly. Yeah. Smooth, yeah. clean lines. If they could slam that down on top of the platform that's on the Ionic 5 and 6, then there'd be a heck of a well, rival for the Volkswagen yeah. Buzz, which well, we're going to talk about in a minute, aren't we? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. But I have to say, that is the one thing, though. You look at this, camp, this camper van, you think, oh, it's so futuristic. And then you get in, and it's a two point two liter diesel, yeah. and you just go, "Oh, that's know. a bit disappointing." Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, a two point two liter diesel support car for your. It was like you had your bed following you around. Yeah, which I was, was very handy. Nice. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Nice work <laughs> if you can get it. Um, all right, we'll, we'll keep cracking through. So we're on to number ten, AMG C sixty three. So we we talked about this because similar engine to the Amira four cylinder. Um, well, yeah. big, big, big year for fast estate cars. Yes, mm. new M3 oh, Touring, M3 Touring, M3 Touring yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Which BMW. They've told us they're not competitors. These cars no. are definitely not rivals. BMW yeah. and Mercedes is junior executive estate cars, <laughs> which are exactly the same size yeah. and have very, very similar power to weight ratios. They have definitely not rivals. Because mm. yeah. the MG has two cylinders less, and by all accounts, it's not the, the most successful. We none of us have driven it yet. No, no. I've um, had a sit. I got I revved it and got very very told off by someone from <laughs> AMG because this is not final production. So yeah. um, unfortunately, yeah, wasn't allowed to set off in it. But yeah, this is the this is a two liter four cylinder replacement for a four liter V8. So what have they done? Well, they've thrown all of the brains that have just sort of mopped themselves up from the AMG One hypercar yeah. and fired it into a C class. So it's got six hundred and seventy horsepower. In but a C-Class, more power than a Ferrari Enzo, but it weighs 2.1 tonnes because yeah. of the batteries and the rear wheel steering and the adaptive suspension. And Yeesh. The, and the two gearboxes because there's a gearbox on the back axle. And it's just, it's phenomenally complicated. It's one of those cars which if an exploded diagram would fill in an encyclopedia. It's an incredible engineering achievement, but are we all going to be sat here in a few months' time going... Oh, just take uh, the simpler M3. Thanks yeah, very like, much. Really, the, really interesting car. The problem car. is the C63 and AMGs in general were always so wedded to the to this big burbling V8. That was just fundamental to their character and the, the C-Class probably more than any other. So they're not ditching the V8 altogether. They'll, it will still appear in the in the bigger cars, but... 
It I'm just, just I'm just terrified about what it's gonna, what it's going to cost. Mm. I just think it's going to be at the such time of recording. Money. We don't know, do we? It could no. be over six figures. We we haven't found well, out. Well, an M3 an M3 touring huh? with with the the bits you want is, is eighty. Yeah, but they go north of that, yeah, which is yeah, the M3 that I ran was over 100 grand. Was it? When you was put it? all the bits all on that, it. Yeah, carbon that, that was Rowan spec, though, wasn't yes, it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that was Rowan spec. <laughs> carbon everything, please. <laughs> well, I didn't have a say in it. It just arrived like that, but I was thankful. Um, but no, it's, uh, and at the time of recording as well, Ollie Q, actually, weirdly, you're doing a feature with the M3 touring, but uh, you just don't know it yet, but as we are in January. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah in the yeah. future, I've driven it, but yeah. now I haven't. Well, we'll have um, to flash your memory like Men in Black. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, but no, C63, I think, will be one of the cars of 2023 that, you know, will be most fascinating to look back on when we've all had a go and we've compared it to some, well, rivals. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on. Rivals. Number 11 and... It, yeah, it doesn't have rivals. Come on. <laughs> they don't exist. Uh, number 11 and 12 will bunch together. So uh, speaking of uh, astronomical prices, Aston Martin Valkyrie and the Is Golden Is this the Murray. cars of 2023 or the cars of 2016? <laughs> the, car, the cars of 2035. <laughs> uh, Aston Martin Valkyrie versus... No, we are assured that we will be driving the Aston Martin Valkyrie in 2023. Two in... Aston Martin CEOs later, the Formula <laughs> One car for the road. Yeah, that you have to, to wear ear defenders to actually drive because it's so noisy inside. Mm. Look, I've managed to keep my excitement levels up for this car. I think we, we you know, there's, there is a slight risk that us as journalists who have gone on this journey of the ups and downs and the delays and, and everything else and the CEOs and... Mm. The, um, we could get a bit disillusioned by it, but actually, it you know. To, to, Are you mental? Have you looked at it? like just, just yeah, wipe yeah. Your, use that pen that you've just used on him from Men in Black and wipe your brain <laughs> and just read like just, just go back to the off, facts. It's yeah. it's phenomenal, phenomenally insane. exciting. It's going to be so, so so exciting. So we've got that's coming up. Um, yeah, watch this space. Let's say that. Let's yeah, let's yeah. not give too much away now because um, there are there are plans afoot. Um, for us to have a proper go in it. And then the other one is the Gordon Murray T50, which, um, you know... I'm more excited about this than anything, yeah. anything else. Yeah, and the, the the great thing about the T50 is, you know, it's so wedded to the man, Gordon Murray, that, you know, I do genuinely phone up um, the, the, the press office at Gordon Murray Automotive on, on a monthly basis saying, can we drive it, please? No. Can we drive it, please? No. And it is literally linked to when Gordon Murray drives the development car and says, yes, it's ready. So there is no schedule. There is no set in stone date. There is no international launch that they have to get it ready for. It's just when Gordon says go. And there's no and I doubt love it is one of the most exciting cars of the year. My only concern is fantastic spec you know fan assisted downforce manual gearbox 12,000 rpm v12 three seats i'm no mathematician there are four of us in here so one of us isn't Ooh. coming well along. it's all about weight because it's less than a thousand kilos so i think it's oh, basically to get on the scales yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, unlucky yeah. with that unlucky indulging over christmas jack <laughs> have to get on the uh, fat stripper pills <laughs> <laughs> hang on I'm <laughs> not the fattest person here. Is that just? Is that just suggest? Right, someone else needs to call Gordon Murray. Brittany, we're gonna that? have to bring the scales for, for the next pod recording because that is outrageous behaviour. Also, I need to go on a diet. Right. Um, speaking of cars that need to go on a diet, uh, things that need to go on a diet. Um, number thirteen, Land Rover Defender One Thirty. So uh, we've driven it. It drives a lot like the Defender One Ten, but. Um, Bit stretchier. This is the Defender Stretch Armstrong edition, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
So, it looks a bit like, you know, uh, not, well, I don't know why, I've never done it either, but have you made your own sausages? It just looks like a fender that's been filled with too much meat and it's just kind of poking out at the end <laughs> because it's just Rewind. prolapsing. Have slightly. you made your own sausages? No, but I watched it once on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> when I was just caught in one of those insomniac holes of how to do it. So. Hi, Ron, it's now a good time to speak. No, sorry, just making some sausages. Yeah. <laughs> this is a bizarre situation. I don't know, maybe you're, you're a highly talented chef that likes to make things from scratch. Yeah, and put them in the microwave. And then <laughs> bing. No, but yeah. it, it's a it's a defender with more practicality, which the ninety definitely doesn't have. Mm. Uh, but it looks like a parking nightmare to me. But the thing about the defender, so the defender ninety um, still has back seats, but only three doors, tiny boot. But I still want one of those more than the other ones, despite yeah. the fact that I have kids, and obviously the one ten is screaming out as the the most apt version for me. So the 130, yes, it's bigger, it's more practical, but it just looks a bit gopping and ungainly. And yeah. um, it does all, in the all, photos, doesn't it? I'm interested to see one in the metal. Mm. Yeah, because all they've done is they're the same wheelbase. They've just stuck 20 centimetres more on at the back. It's like one of those American school buses that have those enormous yeah, yeah, overhangs. overhangs the back. It looks like they're about That's to pull it. a wheelie. But yeah. And the big theme don't. of 2022 for Land Rover has been designing great looking cars and cars that lots of people want to buy, but they haven't got enough microchips to build them all and mm. now they've sort of got another model of the incredibly popular Defender sort of adding to their problems so hopefully they can actually get some out of the factory and um, yeah. yeah we can all get stuck into it but it also gives us a lot of opportunities to do something fun with it um, oh. who we can cart around and where we can go considering the off-road capability of the Defender it's that just to throw more people and stuff in it I think a car we can all fit in yes exactly yeah. there we go you can um, drive that one, Jack. The official, the official <laughs> car of the Top Gear magazine podcast, potentially. Um, right, number 14 is the Pagani Utopia. Now, we're not going to dwell on this one too much. There's a really exciting um, feature treatment we did with this where we shot the ultimate analog supercar with the ultimate analog camera. But it's so good that we've actually done an entirely separate podcast on that. So um, make sure you, you tune in and listen to that. Um, and we'll keep moving on this one and we land next at the Renault 5 the new Renault 5 lovely bit of design lovely bit, lovely of, design. bit of design so, so we had a while ago that we saw this this was a it concept does, yeah. car yeah. wasn't it so this is now hitting production yes yeah, so so my intel suggests we'll see the production version probably right at the back end of Right at the back end of 2023. And is then... your intel an email from someone at Renault? <laughs> <laughs> or do you have spies in, you know, looking through holes cut in newspapers? Let's on just say I've got eyes and ears everywhere, Q, and leave it at that, all right? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so we may well see it this year, but you probably won't be able to buy one until next year. But I think what's interesting about this car is, is Renault's target is to... It looks fantastic. It's got all those retro Renault 5e vibes but also to make it affordable so by all accounts they're trying to make it cost 20 grand wow. which would be wow. so is it just based on a zoe then no do we a, know it's yet? an all new platform all new platform all new right. platform i mean that's so, expensive to do that yeah it's expensive just to i'll be shared with someone else though won't it yes and then it's it'll be do more nissan and um and obviously there's the renault 4 which will be a slightly larger crossover version based uh -huh. on the same platform but also with retro Renault 4 looks so this is like um, Renault's idea of a Fiat 500 isn't it they Fiat have got yeah. an electric very chic retro inspired sort of town car and now Renault's going we'll have a bit of that please but also yeah with the city cars are dying because they're all getting a bit bigger and taller and we're being thrown into micro SUVs there's mini no SUVs, profit in SUVs. them basically yeah but it's cool that they're going there because small city cars especially electrified ones are probably the future for an urban 
landscape rather than being in a big SUV. Actually, didn't, Luca De Meo, didn't he have a hand in the 500? And now he's at Renault giving his uh, giving his retro magic. There's a lovely story about this car that apparently he turned up as CEO of Renault and was being given the tour of the of the factory and walked through the design office and sort of hidden behind a screen and, you know, stuffed out the back somewhere was a, a design study for a new Renault 5. And he went, you know, what's, what's that and over in the corner? Oh, that was a, an idea we had for reviving the 5. That. That's what we need to do. Build it. Yeah, build it. Make Luca it. de Mayo, that sounds like a Mexican public holiday, doesn't it? <laughs> Rather than a design of the car. Um, but yeah, no, I look, I, I'm really excited. My first ever car was a Renault 5. I've got this... Um, this uh, rose-tinted idea that my daughter, who's six now, so, what, 11 years until she can drive, I'll get a second-hand one of these, and that'll be her, her first car. No, That's a nice idea. There is yeah. a nice idea, but I think the world have changed by that. You have to car share. You have to get with all their mates at school because you have to share the car around. No one... Is, are we going to own cars then? I was going to say. That's oh, assuming oh, that we want to Moving on from that highly depressing thought. Um, so, what have we got? The new Mini. More, more uh, su- uh, super mini goodness. Have you seen? We is haven't it, actually... is it smaller and lighter? No, no. <laughs> it's <laughs> more Chinese. It's more Chinese. Yeah, it's, bit, it's more Chinese. Yeah. So they're going to build the electric version in China, apparently. Um, but there were, were some spectacular leak shots of it. From now, often when we talk about leak shots, it might be a you know very long lens or a camouflage car on a test track or something. This was just an uncamouflaged car in white. Just. I think they drove it to the airport. Someone drove it to the airport in China. And then was like, oh, that looks like an interesting car. And they just took a picture of it in a car park. So, So, look, if you want to know what the new Mini looks like, go online and Google leaked new Mini pics. And and there it is um, in all its glory. So let us know what you think about that. Meanwhile, all the people who've got problems with their old Minis who are Googling Mini leaks are really frustrated. (laughs) They can't find any troubleshooting. (laughs) Leaky Mini. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. uh, Number 17, Ferrari. I'm not going to pronounce this right. Puro sangue. Oh, very good. Mamma mia. <laughs> oh, fancy. Um, h- how's it sitting with us? So it's been a while since we've seen it. Obviously, I still Oli... think it looks fantastic. I'm thinking straight out there. Whatever you think of a Ferrari SUV, yes or no, I think it's a cracking piece. I haven't, I haven't seen one in the flesh, but I'm quite excited to. Actually. It's got a good engine in it. That's what I'm excited yeah. about. 725 horsepower V12 four-wheel drive Ferrari with independent rear-wheel steering, phenomenally complicated suspension, and um, and big screens inside so your passenger can see you know how many horsepower you're sending to each wheel as you thunder along. But also yeah. something we're coming straight out of the blocks of 2023 and driving straight away, very early on in the beginning yeah, of the year. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, then yeah. the excitement and adventure that we could have near the end of the year is uh, quite exciting. A Ferrari with practicality, um, bring it on. I know. £400,000 yeah. family car. Ouch. <sighs> Blimey. Um, okay, moving on to number 18, Polestar 3. So... Large Polestar only do electric cars these days, but a, a large sort of um, I think it's the sister car to the, the EX90, the Volvo EX90. Yeah, X90. Yeah. I mean, Polestar on a bit of a roll, really, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Are they on so much of a roll that we don't need Volvo anymore. That's my controversial <laughs> thought for the day because yeah. they're doing some great looking cars. The specs are good. We like to drive them. They've got recycled bits of interior. I mean, it's just a brand that is, like you say, Jack, really on form right now. But then. Meanwhile, Volvo is almost kind of left 
in its wake a little bit. It does feel a bit like that, doesn't it? But I still think, you know, if you compare, if you put Polestar to one side completely and look at Volvo, you still think that's a pretty good lineup they've got for, you know, for everyday family family vehicles and things. I'm just slightly terrified that the, the starting price, that new EX90, the electric XC90, EX90 is going to be six figures, was it, for, yeah. the, for the first yeah. one? So they, I think the later ones will be 80, 75, 80, but still 75 grand basic for yeah. an XC90. It's that classic thing. They reveal the car and, and the launch editions and the, the first high-spec versions you can get are big money, and then they promise you down the line that there's a, a lesser-spec yeah. one. A bit like when uh, Elon Musk promised us there was going to be a 35 grand Model 3 and then quickly went, actually, there's plenty of demand for the more expensive mm. one, so I won't bother. Yeah. Um but, but also, uh, later in the life, the Polestar 3 is going to get LiDAR with it, and you're not going to have to drive it whatsoever, so you just sit in it and then... Oh, fantastic. Because like, yeah, no, remember, that's coming in the future as well. Well, I think that this, feeds... Yeah, well, that's, always, free, that's always five years away, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so this, uh, you know, driver-free driving. And that feeds even more into Q's point, that if the Polestar is... They're supposed to be the, the, the performance brand, the, the sporty one, but if they're also going to be the the one that's focused on safety, it's going to get all the same safety as a, as a Volvo, and it's going to have autonomous functions and stuff like... Where's... Yeah, where's Polestar, the line? They love their adjustable suspension, don't they? The suspend, this Bilstein dampers, you have to get your spanners out Olin's. and adjust Olin's. Olin's. Come on, sorry, yeah. come on. Of course, yeah. yeah. So, if you're, are you really going to get your Allen keys out and adjust the suspension if you're then going to let the computer do the driving? <laughs> Does anyone get their Allen keys out and adjust the suspension? It's what makes the GT3 RS so good, is you, yeah. you can tweak it. Do do it I think Tom I'd... Ford did when he ran his a long termer. Check out those yeah. reports on TopGear.com because he managed to really span up the handling. It's <laughs> 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 front left, super tight. Yeah. 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 So Great on roundabouts. Yeah. Totally yeah. forgot what it'd done at each corner, and it was just like yeah. four different <laughs> suspensions. Twenty sets. kicks to the left here, three to the right there. It is a bit like picking a safe though, doing those yeah. dampers because you have to go click, 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 click all the way to one zone and then come back however many turns you want. Yeah, yeah, and you unlock poor handling if you get it wrong. So that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly. What's in the safe? All right, number 19, uh, ooh, Porsche 911 Dakar. Yeah, now, speaking of adjustable suspension, a 911, yeah. jacked up, big extra ride height, plastic wheel arches on it, knobbly tyres. It is the start of this off-road sports car trends, do we think, It's gents? urban proof. Now, hang on Good a minute, because you bumps. were a little bit lukewarm on it when you saw it in the studio because you went to the studio again I did my initial thought when I walked in was Porsche 911 all road you know those Audi estates they've done yeah. for a while which are kind of they're a little bit jacked up but they're not a proper SUV plastic, they've got wheel, plastic wheel arches yeah. yeah and I kind of thought a bit hmm but then it's that classic Porsche thing that they have actually thrown quite a lot of technology at it and there was a great story that when they were um when they we had to push the car around the studio to sort of move it around, get different angles. And you might think, well, why don't you just turn the engine on and move it? Oh, they said this particular car doesn't actually have an engine in it. I said, Oh, right, is it is it really new? Has it just come out of the factory or something? He went, No, no, it was in Morocco last week, but um we were having so much fun in the desert that the engine ingested a load of sand and exploded. <laughs> so but that's how Porsche tests their cars. They go out to the desert, they blow them up and then go, uh, hands, it needs a slightly more heavy-duty um, air filter on it. So that's you know how that's how you know that that car is desert-proof. The question is, with the 911 Dakar, they've built this bulletproof Dakar Rally-inspired sports car. Are any of the 2,500 owners paying 200,000 quid for the privilege going to use it in the dirt? One or two. <laughs> yeah, they, well, they must do. <laughs> and they'll have a bloody good fun laugh, Well, we will. Though, so, Porsche, we'll, yeah, we'll let yeah, you know. We'll, we'll help you with hand. this yeah. <laughs> But also, if you want to know more about it, we spoke to Roman Duma about it, who's racing the Dakar and did some development on that car as well. And he was 
really impressed with what it could do. So yeah, we he, and he encouraged everyone if you do have the opportunity to take it off road, yeah. please do. Exactly. He basically had a day where he he his intention was to break it and was convinced that he could break it within a couple of hours and two days later it was still running and he was like, he fair, was, play. Yeah, fair, fair play. play. <laughs> when they were shooting all that, if you Google 9-11 Dakar and you see the footage of it testing out, apparently um, what delayed that filming was they had support cars chasing it across the dunes and they were Porsche Cayennes and the Cayennes were getting stuck and the Dakar kept on going. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah. That is good. But yeah. I, I will you know, head to YouTube and do watch the marketing film. I wouldn't normally say that to people, but the marketing film of that Dakar, it's a full kind of 1980s throwback. Amazing, amazing production on it. All done to a flock of seagulls, which is just cool anyway. Yeah, yeah. And then compare it to the Hurricane Starato <laughs> Starato film gonna... and just see how they differ. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, some, well worth your time. We'll leave it there. Um, all right, number 20, VWID Buzz. So we've talked about this car a fair bit. We drove it. You drove it yogs ago and we had that yeah, huge yeah. exclusive on um, uh, the Electric Awards issue yeah, last, last, last spring. But this was, what, the first, first time we had got our hands on the car it's the now arrived in the uk yeah. as right hand drive yeah so it was a proper opportunity to do something with so what what we wanted to do was give it a sort of multitude of tests really because it's not a car that you can pigeonhole because it hopefully it looks like it's a car that might open up a new segment of the market or get people out of suvs and into show that mpvs can be cool so we got it together with a tesla model y and sort of asked whether it was a good electric car Compared with the with the Tesla, we put it with an an electric conversion of an old T two camper to ask if it has that same sort of vibe and feel to it as the original, and we put it with an XC ninety to ask if it's as practical as you know one of the probably most practical yep. um, family cars. Um, and Ollie Q, you you can tell take it from here. Yeah, so I was uh, along for the um, the retro test against this yeah converted. Type two bus, and this was answering the question: You know, can these can it has it solved the problem of getting up hills? Is these these Type two buses? Yeah, they look great, but they had a wheezy old engine in them. So as it turned out, um, potentially no, because we went to well, you know, this is what Top Gear does: can it get up a hill? We don't just head for you know a, a slope in a multi-story car park. We head for the hard not pass, a road that literally has a sign as you enter it saying "Do not pass." Turn in winter. back now. Yes, and so we went up in December. Of course, it's natural. Um, the classic was really, really struggling. In fact, the the ch- gentleman who brought it along had to stop, engage his laptop, and adjust <laughs> the cooling settings to like max, basically, just so it yeah. could get over. The- Meanwhile, the buzz was just um, was floating along. What was really interesting was, you know, the attention that the buzz gets. This is an MPV. Okay, this is a sliding doored, you know, family car, but it just pulls people off the side of the road to talk to you. If you're in a if you're in a classic car, people might think you're a bit of a nerd. They might want to talk to you. If you're in a supercar, they might think you're a bit of a tool. But because the buzz presents such a friendly image, yeah, trust me, if you're going to get one of these things, everyone is going to want to be your mates. So you better know the stats off by heart. So having, um, yeah, put it up against the charm of the old one, we then also set out to find out, yeah, the XC90 be a better piece of packaging. That is perhaps where the buzz is styling has to work quite hard because in many ways the XC90 already available with seven seats and easier to fold the the seats around and a, perhaps a more versatile boot you start to wonder if the buzz is I don't know is the styling right in checks that the ability can't cash I think the thing is that Volkswagen are counting on a it's a flagship for the ID range that you know we've not been that enamored with so far and b it's just a start, isn't it? There's going to be a longer version. There's going to be a version with more seats. They're going to do a camper van. There's so much more to come from the buzz um, than we've seen already. 
Yeah. I, I should point out that there is a reason I took myself out of this test because A, because I'd, I'd driven it back in March and B, because um, I'm buying one. <laughs> Journalist <laughs> in Money Where Mouth in is Money shock. Where Mouth is shock. But so I've been, we've been saying this since the start. I think the, the buzz looks fantastic and the driving environment and everything forward from, the, from, forward from the driver's seat feels amazing. But it's not yet what I hope it will be in terms of its practicality and versatility. So, yeah, I hopefully by the time you listen to this, I mine will have arrived. But I'm still just debating whether it's actually the right car because we've got a Volkswagen California, which the idea was that this would replace. And now we're actually wondering whether it does the job actually we want it to. So I don't know. But it's a real, I mean, it is just a very cool thing. Are you thinking about doing a conversion to it and putting, putting some stuff what, in the back? With a V8? Yeah, 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 that's a good idea. I thought about doing that with the with the standard Cali. Actually, that's Mm. had a bit of engine work done. But I would just say that not quite everything in front of the driver in the Buzz is great. It's still got that touchscreen, and as Top Gear's official anti Volkswagen Mm. touchscreen correspondent. It's still really bad. I'm really sorry. It's just. (laughs) Oh, let's move on because the steam's going to start coming out your ears. Q. I know you get like with the ID. Touch screens, right? Um, three more left. Um, uh, let's whip through those because uh, through these because we've still got a quiz to do. Don't forget. Oof. We've still got to get quizzy. Uh, we've got to get good. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So number twenty-one, the Alpine A110R. Well, hey, a lighter Alpine. <laughs> <laughs> no. How have they done that? Can't They're charging wheels. loads of money for it. Yeah, well, wow. how, how is it lighter? Less paint? Is it? Was it? It's got no engine cover. They've taken the plastic cover off the engine. Yeah. It's got some carbon wheels, so don't ever park it near a curb. Um, but it can be heavier if you drive it really fast because it's got downforce. Ooh, very, very clever. Um, so we're, we're looking forward to that. Again, we drive that fairly soon, um, f- first quarter of the year. Yep. So, um, yeah, look out for that. New Dacia Duster. So this is one of the ones in the mag that you'll find a render of, um, sort of riffing off that bigster concept, if you remember it. But Dacia Duster, bit of a heartland hero car for for, for Top Gear and, and a new one that's supposedly coming... Again, back end of um, this year. And they're taking the development of it very seriously yeah. you know, at the same time because yeah. they know how much of a success it is, so they have to get this yeah. one right. Exactly. We, we will be taking that on the biggest and stupidest adventure we can possibly mm. dream up uh, as soon as we can get our hands on it. And then number 23, um, just finish on just a nice, sensible, realistic... Family car, the Tesla Cybertruck. At the other end of the, uh, <laughs> of the sensibility scale from the Dacia Duster. Dacia Duster. Yeah, the, how, how many years have been waiting for the Tesla Cybertruck now? Well, I don't know. But but Elon has tweeted, and as we all know, everything that Elon tweets is, uh, you know, checked by lawyers uh, beforehand. Yeah, in fact. Um, it's fact uh, that it is going to go into production at the end of 2023. Big pinch of salt required. We've got the um, semi now. What? Not what? you. Yeah. But yeah, so the, <laughs> speak for yourself. But uh, so that has arrived and gone to Pepsi. So we're starting to see some of the newer products come out. Can the yes. Cybertruck arrive? I mean, arrive? The, the question hanging over this thing is, you know, he presented it as a, 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 a you, I think you, you, you wrote it was a, a curve allergic um, pyramid on wheels. Oh yeah, um, made out of just stainless this, steel. That you know would... that you know that sort of trigonometry set you get when you're a kid. Someone <laughs> yeah. just drove around, dr- just drew around the triangle, the and put wheels yeah, yeah. on it, and went, "There you go, there's your car." Mm. But it was going to be the first electric pickup truck. So the massive 
American pickup truck market. It was going to beat all of the old guard, leave them standing, leave them looking breathless. And it's taken them so long to sort it out. Well, you've driven the Ford F-150 Lightning, Jack. Yep. Uh, there's the Rivian R1T. Everyone's seen that on the TV show. The Hummer. Hummer. The Hummer, of course. Even, even Chevy Hummer. Silverado. Yeah, they've invented yeah. a whole brand oh, and Chevys, got that going. Yeah. GMCs. They're all, they're, all, they're all coming. So the question is now for the Cybertruck, not, you know, can it be the first, but... You know, is it, it relevant happen? at all when it finally does arrive? And then when they finish that, there's just a small matter of them finishing off the Tesla Roadster, which is supposed to be the world's fastest car. So yeah, plenty yeah. for Tesla to be getting on with in 2023. Yeah. Whilst Elon tries to sort out Twitter hmm. or spoil it. Right. Let's move on to the quiz. What's the topic? Well, today I thought we'd look at something uncontroversial, he says as ever. Mm. You know how manufacturers love to say that they build racing cars for the road. Well, I thought I'd take them at their word. So I've written a top nine road-going Formula One cars, cars that have got that F1 DNA with some number plates on each end. So, uh, Jack, do you want to take it away with a first guess or are we going to get into the nitty-gritty of the no. rules that you normally ask me? Well, the, you haven't left much space for trash talking there. Um, <laughs> but two, two, <laughs> two, two guesses each, right? Yeah, I think Two so. Each. Um, I'll go first. I'm gonna just um, I'm gonna swoop in, take those sweet, sweet, easy points, and go with the Mercedes AMG one, which actually has an F1 engine in it. I am I am imagining it's probably the inspiration for this list. Uh, I wrote it a while ago, so I can't remember. <laughs> but it would have been pretty remiss of me not to include correct answer. Yes, of course, the 1.6 liter turbo hybrid. V6 engine, you've seen Chris Harris drive it on the telly show. You've seen Chris Harris break down in it. Not himself, <laughs> not in tears, but the car was um, was making AMG cry, I think. But yeah, they finally got it out to the 250 owners. And yeah, they've done a 1,050 horsepower F1 car um, with with number plates. Well, you bonkers. could say, yeah, I've, my car has Lewis Hamilton's championship winning engine yeah. in the back of it. Yeah, yeah. I am yeah. essentially uh, Lewis Hamilton is what they'll be thinking as they stare at it in their garage. Yeah. <laughs> as it pops up and down with his wings in, in, in strap too. So, yeah, yeah. That's good. so there we go. A point to Jack. Rowan, over to you. F1 cars for the road. I've got to think of the old Q loopholes here. But again, one that you do see every weekend at an F1 race, or is it every one or the other? The Aston Martin Vantage F1 edition, which is the safety car. Mm. Right. And your argument is that it's an, an F1, F1 car, car for, for the, the road. road. The car that drives around the F1 with the F1 tracks. cars, yeah, <laughs> with all the F1 cars. <laughs> with him. I'm with him. I think it's great. Right, at Monaco, it's an F1 car for the road, but incorrect answer. It's not on the list. Mate. Oh, I'm sorry. I like a bit curly. It's got Formula One branding on it. Yeah, it's li- it literally says F1 on it. But, you know, yeah, whatever. but you know, uh, you, it's a merch. You can buy a baseball cap off the Ferrari website. You know, it's not an F1 car for the road, is it? The it's people with the Ferrari caps aren't <laughs> going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you nil point for that. <sighs> Jack's still in the lead. Over to you, Ollie, for your um, first guess. Right, so I'm gonna, uh, so I'm gonna take you. I think you've gone about this slightly different way. I'm gonna suggest a car that I don't think is inspired by F1, but I think you're gonna think it is because it's got a central driving position or a single seater. So I'm gonna say the back mono. Let me just consult. My, which I don't uh, think is into F1 inspired in any way. But has a central driving position. Let's not let technicalities get in the way of the fact that that's a correct answer. <laughs> 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 and yeah. Excuse me. Can we go through these rules? Not, is that on an F1 race grid? Is it like Stewart's inquiry? Have you ever seen a BAC mono at an F1 race? No. Have you seen the Aston Martin? Yes. But I've seen cars that look like a back mono at F1 race doing the racing. Oh, and so you take enough, the wings off enough. that and put a number. You know, it's, you sit in the middle. You've got the steering wheel. You've got to take the steering wheel on and off. 
to get in and out of the car. That's very Formula One. It's got loads of brightly coloured buttons on it. Looks like someone threw a load of Skittles over the steering wheel. That's very Formula One. Yeah, I'm giving you the point, Ollie. Absolutely. Hey, get in. No one's going to argue with this. Right, Jack, second guess. Right, now there is one that I, I frankly, I'm astonished that neither of you went for um, because it's the lowest of low-hanging fruit. And I'm not going to go there because I snaffled up the MG1. I'm going to go with something a bit more left field. Um, I think I'm going to get the model wrong here, but there was a Schumacher special edition. Was it the Fiat? Was it the Stilo? Seicento. <laughs> I'm sorry, the, the humble brag answer there. I know the answer, so I'm going to deliberately get it wrong with this incorrect answer. If we were doing the top nine worst motorsport-inspired special editions and the yeah. Fiat Stilo Schumacher, yeah. which she was obviously paid a phenomenal amount of money just to scribble a signature Cracking on the side skirt, that. then, um, yeah, we might have done that, but that's nowhere near I mean, if that's list. not infused with F1 know-how, what is? I think it's infused with cash. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so an incorrect answer, Jack. You rem- remain marooned on one point. We, well, I don't know what's... I'm lost with this topic. Anyway, but I'm going to go for the Aston Martin Valkyrie. It was designed by a man who makes F1 cars, and he wanted to make F1 car performance for the road. Adrian Newey's baby, which then has taken quite a while to, to come out. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, surely another Aston Martin, which again isn't at the races every weekend, but does have F1 performance for the road. The passive aggression in the answer. Yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah, was, Jack's grimacing here because I feel like this might have been Jack's low-hanging fruit it was, yeah. that he left on the tree yeah. and that Rowan just picked. I, believe that <laughs> I think it was on there. the floor. Yeah, Juicy <laughs> fruit is a correct answer. Yeah, 11,000 RPM V12. Haven't been those in F1 for a while, but that, that was perhaps the car that inspired this list. And of course, the car we've spoken about today because finally, 2023, we might get to have a go. Right, Ollie, okay. Jack's on one point. Rowan's now on one point. You already have one point, and you're the final guess. Okay, so okay, you can okay. win this right. podcast edition of the Top Nine Quiz. Um, so carefully. Um, right, I've got. A, I'm going to go with a car that was designed by a Formula One genius that featured fan technology and was actually called the F1, the McLaren F1. Is a correct answer. Oh, yes. I thought you were going to say it wasn't on the list. Yeah, no, <laughs> so I, was, I thought about leading on there. <laughs> but yeah, be the first course. time. Because it was, you know, this carbon fibre turb, carbon car, and Gordon Murray was, you know, talks all about pioneering use of composites. Yeah, it had to be up there. It is the daddy. It is the, you know, inspiration for so many um, people who, well, go on to render hypercars and say <laughs> that they're going to be the new Gordon Murray, isn't it? So, yeah, that gives you your second point and a glorious victory. Well done, Ollie. Well done, Ollie. You absolutely <laughs> wiped the floor with us. Um, but I think that's probably enough for today. Um, Just say head over to topgear.com, check out the rest of the uh, top nine Formula One cars for the rows, including. Oh, yeah, anything else? Well, a Ferrari with an F1 derived engine. Well, oh, the F50. There you go. Oh, yeah, Who remembers? Yeah. Here's one for the kids the Caparo T1. Oh, yes. I've driven fiery. that. Bit fiery. Mm. I've driven that. It's terrifyingly fast. Yeah. I'm really fast. Didn't it? Was it Jason Plato that it that it singed? Yes. Yeah. 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 Dodgy eyebrows on that one. And of course, you might have heard the story there's a Porsche 911 Turbo that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Someone's tag also. Oh, exactly. Uh, What's doing those that? as well. Yeah. Yeah. have done it, a new one. It, is it finished? Is it completed? Yeah, I think so. Why but they're only building about 10 or 15 of them. Right. 11. 11. 11 is so funnily not unrounded number, isn't it? Yeah, we need to give them a call. Right, after this, Okay, actually. first, first to the phones. Get them on the blower. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. 
Should we leave it there? I think we should leave there. But yeah, if you want to see that list in full, you can grab a, um, a copy of the magazine and it will be on topgear.com as well. As well as all the videos that we've been doing over the last few months. There's a GT3 RS versus GT4 RS, which has got some rather impressive driving from Ollie, uh, plus lots of other things. And also check out the feed because we've been firing content into there for other audio tidbits and uh, features. Just, and- I'm just going to put you up on impressive driving there. I'm going to say I think Jack and I were both in an equal state of slight horror <laughs> of what was happening for part of that. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, there's there's... Driving skill, and then there's life preservation. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's instinct. where we were. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. but uh, make sure you check out that. <laughs> if you video. want to see what the apex speed of a GC4 RS is sideways at Dunsfold, yeah. please go over to the YouTube mm. channel now. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. I'll brighten up a winter's day. Yeah, and don't forget to head to our uh, Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. We've already talked about the YouTube channel. You could even uh, go and pick up a copy of the magazine available in all good shops. I think that's enough. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, leave a star rating, and you can even email us at podcast at topgearmagazine.com. It would be great to hear from you. Thanks for listening. See you soon.